This morning, we have a privileged opportunity. We have a chance to have the men that went to Peru come and share about their experiences. I would like to just tell you that this is the goal. I don't get excited if we have an internationally renowned speaker coming. I'm not trying to draw a crowd with the best musician that the world has ever seen. Our joy and our crown is when we see people that can now do what we do. Because that means the kingdom is multiplying. Can you say amen to that? I want to invite Nicola Eregina up here. Church, we're going to pray for him. And he's going to orchestrate the rest of the service in any way that sees that he sees fit or feels best to him. Amen? Amen. Do y'all trust that the anointing of God is on the young man? He's got a beard. You have to respect that, right? Y'all stretch forward your hands like you were crazy charismatics or powerful Pentecostals. I don't know what else we could say about that. Are your arms tired yet? No, get full of the Holy Ghost. Fantastic in faith. (laughs) Mighty God. Lord, we... We thank you for what you're doing in these men's lives. Lord, we thank you that you've given them the ability to speak the very oracles of God. Your word is in their mouths. Lord, we have seen that you heal when they put their hands on people. We've seen that you respond and fill people with the Holy Spirit when they pray. Lord, we love what you've done in them. It's an example to all. Lord, you have raised up disciples, and we say, would you give our disciples disciples, mighty God? We love you. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth. In the name of Jesus, amen. This service is yours, brother. Hallelujah. Ray, Judah, Justin, you guys can come on up. Amen. So, it's the Thursday night before we leave. Uh, The four of us, along with Eric, some of our wives, uh, a few others are sitting at uh, the Stevens house, and we're praying. We're trying to get a word, see what kind of direction the Lord wants for this trip. Uh, What kind of words might spring forth? What kind of uh, visions that we might get? And uh, we're praying there together. Um, all kinds of interesting things are happening. And the one word that we get out of the Thursday night before we leave, the Lord gives us one word. The one word is Wambo. Wambo is a little village uh, in Coca Canyon. Uh, it's deep within the canyon. Um, we have to travel there to get there. It takes a good long while, as we found out. Um, but we were blessed with the bus, praise God. Um, and we went deep into Huambo. That's, that's the only word that we received on Thursday before we left. So, crazy as we are, uh, we believe that the Lord wants to work through us. Amen. We believe that if we go with a willing heart, uh, a pure heart and a willing spirit, that the Lord wants to work through us. And we go with the word of Huambo, and uh, willing to be used by God, knowing that He's going to use us uh, for His purposes. So, uh, before uh, I turn it over to Ray for a little bit, Luke 10.2, something dear to our hearts. 
He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. So we go into the field as harvesters with this verse in mind. Being sent out, knowing nothing else but one word, knowing nothing else that the Lord's going to use us for His purposes, uh, eating and drinking whatever is set before us. <laughs> and um, I wanted to, uh, to just share uh, some of the main things just real fast that stood out to me before I let Ray speak. Here's a couple testimonies that we have, kind of line by line. First of all, we get to Wombo. Uh, a man named Gamaliel's knees are healed in Wombo, in the city square, on the steps of a Catholic church, as we begin to pray for him. At the same time, another part of our group is meeting a, a man named Oscar, who approaches them. He becomes the man of peace of Wombo, invites us into his home with his family, his sisters, his mom, serves us some uh, delicious oregano tea, some fresh cheese, and uh, other delicacies that were very good, actually. Um, shortly after that, we meet with a man. His name's Jimmy, and he happens to be the mayor of the town of Wombo. We meet with him, and uh, he says, you know what, I know you were thinking of using... Uh, this certain building in the square as a meeting place for tonight, but I want you to use my own personal room uh, that seats 40-plus people. So we got a meeting with the mayor, favor with the government in the town, and we were able to have a meeting there that night. Shortly after that, uh, we met a man named Padre Marcos, who was, uh, well, he was the priest of over 25 of the villages there in Coca Canyon. Uh, we get the privilege of praying for Padre Marco. Uh, he feels the presence of the Lord and cannot look at us in the face. Um, we're, we're sitting there trying to uh, pray for him like this, uh, trying to look into his eyes. Uh, but immediately after that, uh, spiritual warfare ensues. He begins to uh, pray the rosary all over the town. He holds a uh, spontaneous mass right before our meeting. And uh, there's immediate spiritual warfare over what the Lord wants to do. Um, members of our own team were healed, uh, Ray and myself included. Uh, there were people all over healed of depression, uh, injuries of the body, shoulder injuries, blindness. Uh, people threw their crutches away. Uh, people felt the fire of God. People were baptized in the Holy Ghost. People spoke in tongues for the first time. Uh, we had the opportunity to teach and to preach in schools in several different villages, and we saw all those things in the schools as well. Amen. Uh, we had the opportunity to preach on TV 
to preach on the radio. And these things reached, uh, for the most part, mostly or all of Coca Canyon. Uh, we witnessed to people from Lima, uh, people from Cuba, people from the Netherlands, people from Germany. And we even got to watch uh, esteemed government officials from Peru get touched by the Lord and uh, arrested by the Holy Ghost. Uh, those are some of the main points. I want to hand it over to Ray, and he's going to share some testimonies with us. Hallelujah. Morning. Uh, first of all, I'm very happy to see all of y'all. Very happy to be back uh, with my brothers and my sisters. I uh, love all y'all. Uh, the trip was amazing. It was so filled with the power of God. And uh, amazingly enough, it started in Eric's living room, uh, as Nick was saying. <clears throat> uh, Justin had received a vision. He saw a volcano, and he saw uh, dead bones, dry bones, and fire from God fill and uh, brought him to life. And many of us saw visions, and we heard words from God, and uh, the Lord appointed us to Wambo. Um, and when we got there and we met Oscar, the man of peace, he told us about that same time a week before when we were in our living room praying. He said he was praying to God, and he said, this, uh, this work is too difficult. Send me brothers. And uh, the Lord was just listening to all of us at the same time. And the, uh, the other man we met at the uh, meeting, he said uh, he, he saw the same vision that Justin saw. He was in prayer about the same time, and he saw a volcano, and he saw uh, dry, dead bones, and he saw a fire from God come down and give the people life. And, uh, I mean, I can't write stuff that good. It's just amazing, <laughs> the power of God. Uh, so we go to this church meeting, and I really, I'm really not too sure what to expect, what to see. But uh, he just he surprises me every time. There's so much healing, restoring of hearts, uh, everything we come to expectantly see from our God. Uh, so we go to this uh, uh, school, like Nick said, and. Uh, I met a kid, his uh, dad abandoned him, and, uh, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I really didn't know what to tell the kid. I just shared with him uh, the love of Christ, and uh, his heart was completely restored. He forgave his father. Uh, he knew that he has a, a good father in heaven. So many people were touched throughout the whole trip. Uh, when we went and did the radio station, uh, I had no idea what I was going to say, like two seconds walking into it. And uh, the Lord just reminds me over and over that I need my brothers. Uh, thank you all of you for uh, listening, for your encouragement, and for your prayers. Uh, it just held with me throughout the whole trip. And uh, I guess if I had to summarize uh, the whole trip, uh, I, I'm reminded of, uh, I think it's Proverbs chapter 3, maybe verse 3 or 4. Uh, I had a lot of things that I was worried about on this trip, uh, mainly eating what's set before you. Uh, I, was, I was worried about the hike. You know, I'm, I'm still a pretty heavy guy right now. And uh, a lot of things I was worried about what to tell people. And 
in prayer, I felt anointed to give the good news. And in prayer, uh, I felt the boldness and the spirit of God fill me. And I was able to minister to people. I, I'm never, I never really considered myself an evangelist. And uh, I witnessed to every single person I met, uh, shared with them the good news. I had people in a market, a complete stranger, give me this huge hug. I uh, witnessed to uh, this guy in a truck, and uh, they were like, well, were you there? You know, it all sounded really good to him. And I'm like, are you Catholic? And I told them, we, we simply just, we love Jesus. We read his word, and we do what he says. And he's like, so y'all are just Christian? I said, yes. And he said, so are we. And we haven't seen great faith like this in a long time. And they all got out of their truck, and they shook our hands, and they said, do you know what you've just done? You've just changed our lives. And uh, over and over, just seeing the power of God work through this weak body. And uh, in Proverbs 3, it says, if you walk in love and faithfulness, uh, and you write it in the tablets of your heart, you'll receive uh, favor from God and from man. And all throughout the trip, I just saw favor from God, favor with the food, favor with the hike. Every little worry I had, I had favor from God. And everywhere we walked, from governors to teachers to radio, people at the radio station, just favor from man as well. So uh, praise the Lord and, and thank God. This has been an amazing trip. Uh, Nick talked about uh, a little, touched on everything that happened throughout the trip. There's so many little details that are hard to to count. Uh, But some of the things that made the biggest impression on me were meeting Oscar and Juanbo. And so we had the prayer meeting that Thursday night, and we all knew that it was the Lord, but there's time that passes in between, and we had missionaries that, discouraged us and said that it was a terrible idea to go to Huambo, uh, that the people were hard and that you would see no success. Um, bus schedules weren't working out. Uh, there, was, there was just reason after reason not to go to Huambo. Uh, and we knew that the Lord had said it, but we're also like, I hope the Lord said that and we weren't all just confused. <laughs> I, at least I did. I don't know about them. But, uh, <laughs> and we... We're on the bus ride, and we met a little a little kid named Miguel, um, and my dad got to give him a Bible, uh, and got to spend a few minutes just praying with him. And he read Psalm 23 and John 3:16. Uh, it was just encouraging on the way that we were meeting people, even if it's children that uh, were interested in the gospel. And we get off the bus, and uh, about half the guys were uh, talking to some people on the steps that were at the bus stop. And I proceeded to walk on uh, with David and Rachel. And as we're walking, Oscar approaches us. We didn't greet him. We didn't say hello. Uh, it's interesting reading John 10. Uh, he came to talk to us. He was interested in us. Uh, and he was asking about our Spanish. And came out. He's a Christian who's here for uh, work. And he was working to share the gospel in every way that he could. Uh, but... He also had a business, and uh, it was his priority. But he had been praying that the Lord would do something here while he was. And uh, 
He, within a few minutes, had arranged a meeting with the mayor for us, uh, had invited us to come over to his house later and feed us. And we haven't been here an hour. Uh, uh, Nick read this verse just a little while ago, but the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse, bag, or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. None of the things that we brought in the end would have been necessary. We had plans to stay in a hostel, so we did, but he wanted us to stay with him. Uh, we, he fed us, he provided everything that we need, and we had not been there an hour. What a testimony. I mean, anywhere that we go in the world, this can be replicated. Uh, imagine that, that the Bible actually comes true when you do what it says. Uh, you know, it's easy to read that and see it, but when you actually see it unfolding before you, it, uh, it was just amazing. Um, yeah, and the municipality played on their loudspeakers that, uh, we were coming, uh, to have a meeting that night. Everything within, uh, the, by mid-afternoon, everything had fallen into place, uh, without any effort on our own. All we had to do was go. Uh, we just had to ignore the discouragement and go because he said he unfolded everything that we needed immediately. Um, and we had uh, an amazing time in ministry that night. Uh, lots of people were touched. They'll have testimonies that uh, are specific to them. We all throughout the trip had uh, moments with people that our personal experiences and past uh, made it to where no one else could have done the job that we did. Uh, Ray uh, had a gift for ministering to people on a personal level uh, in a way that uh, the rest of us couldn't relate. He was Peruvian. He spoke the language. Uh, and everywhere we went, he had a chance uh, to want a one-on-one talk with people. Uh, Justin, the evangelist, uh, ended up having the chance to preach on TV. Uh, and his heart is to see people saved in that way. And the Lord used that perfectly. Uh, you could see the passion in Nick's eyes when he, he's talking with a crowd of people that are a little, little somber. They're not... They're not quite there yet, and the fire that's in him oozes out. Uh, it was amazing to see the, the way the, the Lord arranged every part of it. Uh, I think that Thursday it was Wade or someone who had a word about the chess pieces being arranged in the way that the Lord wanted it. You could see that all of us were built differently, but each of the chess pieces had a, a purpose throughout the trip. Um, later we... Uh, Ended up being able to go to a school in the next town. Uh, we all had a chance to share, and it was based off of what the current curriculum for the Bible was. So, like, we're studying such and such in this book, this book, and this book, and just so happened there'd be one for each of us. And it laid out a perfect salvation message. Uh, it was amazing to be a part of that and watch how each person somehow was personally identified with the passage they had. So, like, I had Luke 15 about the parable of the lost sheep, uh, the lost coin, and I got to refer uh, to the prodigal son later on. You know, it's just throughout the trip, the Lord did what he wanted to, regardless of whether or not we understood what was happening. Obedience was all that was required. Uh, And God willing, we'll do it again and again and again. for me personally, the most encouraging thing is to see how the Lord can move. We really don't have any idea what's going on. 
and just like that. Even if it takes years to accomplish the same thing, he's capable of doing it. It doesn't require something from us. You don't have to be a super evangelist. You don't have to have years of preparation. If you're obedient and you do what he says, if you're studying the word and learning where he tells you to, you can accomplish anything that you need to. Amen. Well, first of all, I, I would like to start with uh, just two, two things. I would, I would just love to take the opportunity to thank the leadership in this church. Um, our pastors, Eric, Matt, Wade, and our elders. Um, it's just amazing to me to see the, uh, the attitude of leadership that Eric took on in Peru. You know, for him to just, what he did, he's, he, he kind of just sat back and every, every opportunity to speak, he just kind of sat back and said, all right, guys, this is, this is your chance. And uh, he sat there and evaluated. He was able to fill the gaps when we needed him to. And, um, and then after, he was able to pull us all aside and say, all right, this is what, you know, what could have been done better. And I, I greatly appreciate that because I've been on the mission field with other pastors that have the kind of sit down and let me show you how it's done, kid, uh, mentality. <laughs> and uh, that's not how, how it is here. And so it's a great privilege to be able to serve in this body. It's a great privilege to be able to go on these mission trips, and uh, we thank you for it. And uh, the, the second thing I would like to share is uh, I was just amazed on this trip. I, uh, I've, I've lived in Africa for about a year. I've gone to Mexico several times. I've, I've seen missions work uh, done. And I was amazed on this trip, the, the amount of God opportunities that just happened in this trip. And uh, I, I couldn't believe really, you know, how, how God will take the least of, the least of us and uh, he will take them to a country. And if we're just obedient and willing to do what he told us to do, God will just arrange everything. And that prophecy that, that you gave, Wade, about the chess pieces being moved around, that was, that was it. That's exactly what happened because we saw God put together pieces in Peru to set up for a larger outreach, a larger evangelism. And, it, and it's just amazing to watch God do these things. So uh, uh, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, beforehand, to be honest with you, it was easy for me to fall into the, the mindset of I've got to know more. I've got to be able to, to articulate my theological points well enough. You know, I've got to be able to speak well enough. I've got to be a good speaker. I need more practice doing this. And uh, after this trip, <laughs> really just... I have nothing to do with put my hands up and say, God, you are awesome because, because even I had to do none of that and, and watch God move in all of these ways. But, uh, you know, I'm going to start back. Uh, we, we had that meeting Thursday night before we left. We got together and prayed. And, uh, of course, you know, when you're, when you're looking for an exact answer, it's, you're kind of nervous because you, you're expecting God to give you a word. But you, you know that if he gives it to you, it's going to be it. That's what you have to go on. You know, this is go time. This is do or die. And, uh, you know, we heard about that, that uh, prophecy that I gave. And when I gave that prophecy, man, I was nervous. I was like, good Lord. But you guys know all in all well that, that when the Lord is speaking to you, it takes every bit of faith that you have to speak it. And uh, I encourage you guys to do that because time and time again, the Lord shows me that uh, what he puts in me, if I just have the faith to believe that it's him and I speak it out, God uses it tremendously. And um, so we went with, with Huambo. That's really, we, all of us got together. We all prayed. That was the word we all got together and we went. And uh, I, 
I can tell you, man, when we got there, uh, there was a few days where, you know, we were just kind of traveling. Nothing was really, ha- nothing big was happening. We knew that God called us to go to Huambo, but, uh, you know, it just seemed like it took a while. And we were hearing from, from former missionaries who had been there for about 50 years or so that, uh, you know, Huambo is a dry place and, and that the people aren't receptive and, and, it, and, you know, he's got that kind of discouraging thing to tell us. And then we're hearing that there might not be a bus schedule. So you, you can't help me personally. I can't help to feel that, you know, dear Lord, we, we paid so much to come on this trip and every hour is so crucial. And that thought kind of creeps in that, man, <laughs> did we hear from God? I hope we did. And, um, and, and, at that point, we just had to rise up in faith and say, no, we heard from God. We are not backing away despite anything, you know, despite any discouragement. We are going for it. And, um, and we did. And um, just me personally, I had, I had a little bit of an expectation because, uh, you know, I went on this trip with the expectation hearing uh, what, what the guys before us had gone through. You know, you guys, you, you went to Peru and uh, you, you guys suffered is all I'll get out. I mean... Uh, we got to hear your stories about how you almost died, and we heard that some of you almost got left behind, and 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 it was a real bonding experience. And and coming on this trip, that's kind of what I would hoped for, to be honest with you, because you know we all of us men, we we watch these war shows and we watch these war movies, and we like to get together and we like to suffer together and we like to go through something together. And uh, you know, I came in this trip. <laughs> I know Mike's over there, like if you only knew. Listen, I'll tell you guys, we, we actually went on the edge of Cocoa Canyon. We got to look at the, the little path that you guys went down, and I'll hand it to you. Man, I don't know how you guys did it, you know, being overpacked as you were. And, but uh, <laughs> that's. And I'm talking about material possessions. Eric had told us to pack light on this trip. <laughs> uh, but that was my expectation, you know, coming into this trip. I wanted that, that experience. I thought, in my mind, I thought that we were going to go to Huambo and it was going to be, you know, it was going to be hard, the hardest thing we ever had to do. And we were barely going to get there and barely have enough water. And then when we got there, demons were going to come fall at our feet and we were going to get the whole village saved. And I, I, that was my expectation. You're know, hearing from you guys last, last year. And uh, so when we got to Huambo and I, when I heard that, you know, there was a bus. I was kind of like, oh, man. You know, I, I was like, darn it. <laughs> and uh, to be honest with you guys, my expectations really were not in line with what God was doing. And there came a moment in the trip where I seriously had to humble myself and say, God, you know what? I expected one thing. And uh, I know you're doing something different. And I'm trusting you that this, that this is what you expect. This is what you're doing. And uh, just like Peter, when Jesus tells Peter about all the things that he's about to suffer, Peter says, no, it'll never happen to you, Lord. And Jesus rebuked him because his expectation was was different. And uh, so I had to come to I had to come to those circumstances. And I, I was blown away when we got to Huambo. Um, I was amazed, of course, of all the divine appointments. Um, we met Oscar, the man of peace. He came to us. We didn't even find him. He came to us. And in everything began to fall in line. The chess pieces were moving around. Uh, he, we were going to have a building in mind, and, and the mayor said, no, I've got one better for you in mind. Use this one because the people will not be cold if they come to this one. Uh, we went out going door to door sharing the word about a meeting, and they, the Lord one-upped us by having a radio broadcast share about the meeting. I mean, just everything fell into line. But what really impacted me the most was, was seeing 
these places, when you go into these villages, the first thing you see is, is a huge Catholic church, huge Catholic monastery, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And when you talk to the people and, and you, you tell them why you're there, they ask you, they say, well, before you tell them why you're there, they ask you questions. They say, well, are, what, where are you going? You know, obviously you're not here for Huambo. Where are you going to? And uh, we had to tell every single person, no, we are here for Huambo. God told us to come to, to Huambo to speak the word to you and tell him that he loves you and that he died for you. And you can live, a, you can live in a relationship with him without any of these things. Without, and you could tell that the people were so uh, burdened by, by the religion in the area because many of these people are just like, just like us before we knew Christ. They're sinners. They're sinners and they are, they are slaves to their sin and they are oppressed. And having a Catholic church and having, that's the only, only representative of Christ in the area, it causes shame in their life because they see these things and they see the priest and they, you know, you, you, you could feel the distance from God for, in, in all of these people's hearts. They felt the shame. And for us to come, for God to take ordinary people like you and I, to go there and just tell them the simple message of the gospel. They were stunned, blown away. They could not believe it. I mean, we met street sweepers to whom we told the gospel, and they, they were speechless because God had told us to come to them all the way from America and Romania to proclaim the gospel to them. They were stunned and speechless. We, we told the gospel to school children, and when recess came, they would not get out of their seats and leave because they, because they had heard what we had shared about Christ to them, and they were absolutely impacted. Tears began to roll down their eyes when we shared the gospel with them. And, you know, when we go on mission trips beforehand, we often think of the impact that we are going to have on the country. But it never fails that when we leave, the impact that the country and what God did there begins to grow in our hearts. And I'd like to share a scripture with you out of Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, 7. Obviously, this is Paul writing. When I, uh, as we were leaving the canyon, and after everything that happened in Huambo, we saw people healed. We saw... Um, Chains of, of shame, broken, oppression, broken. We saw people baptized in the spirit. We saw prophecy answered, prayers answered. And, and leaving there, you know, after leaving Huambo, you, you kind of, you have to climb over this ridge of a canyon. And uh, as you guys know, you, you've seen the canyons and you're looking at these mountains and, and they seem to go all the way, they seem to go so far down that you can't even see the bottom. And, and kind of, you know, leaving this, after everything that had happened in Huambo, I'm looking at all of this. I'm looking at all the scenery, and I'm just thinking, how great is our God that he would send us to a place to, to share a love that is so deep, just like these canyons. And the scripture came to me. But I'm going to give you a little bit before. Ephesians 3, 7, Paul is speaking. He said, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me throughout the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, 
the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. And he, and he, go, he continues on in verse 16. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow, what a mouthful. What a mouthful. Paul says that even though I am the least of all of these, he has called me to proclaim to Gentiles the glorious riches of the gospel. And as I'm looking at these canyons, I'm looking at how amazing all of this is. The, even the, the more amazing thing that happened, Huambo, God moving into Huambo, it began to, to just, to just come, just dwell into me. The Spirit spoke to me and, sh- and just, kind of showed me all over again how amazing it is to, to get to have this opportunity to be a preacher of the gospel to these people, to, to be able to proclaim the riches of Christ to people that do not know it. I mean, it is, is, is just astounding to me. And I begin to kind of, you know, we're on this bus and, and I'm kind of looking out the window and I'm just getting all overwhelmed all over again because God is, is showing me the love that he has for me, but also the love that he had for Huambo to send us there to proclaim the gospel. And I'm looking at these cans, I'm thinking, how great and how wide is the love of Christ? And I'm reminded at what Christ did in my life, how I was oppressed and stuck in my sin, how I had no hope and I had no future, and I was completely blind, and how he, he loved me and he showed me the gospel, just like we read in Romans 5 earlier, how he, he was still how he, how he died for me when I was still a sinner. And uh, so that, that's just how it, it hit me, you know, God revealing his gospel to me and me sharing it to other people. And uh, I was just astounded at God's love that he would send missionaries like us to people all the way in Huambo. I mean, there's a thousand villages on a thousand hills in Peru, and he sends us there so that they may know the gospel. Amen. So. Amen. So can you tell this trip changed us a little bit? Let me ask you. Are you walking in salvation? You can, you can answer. Are you walking in salvation? Are those that the Lord entrusted to you, your family, your children, are they walking in salvation? Yes? So what's next? What's the next step? You are one life. You are one family. The nations are the next step. When we go to the nations, when we obey the Lord God and obey the commission that He's given us, that step of obedience, it not only blesses the nations, (laughs) blesses each one of us sitting on the stage, It blesses you guys with the testimonies that we come back with. It's time to go to the nations. It's time to put our eyes, our gaze, to set it on something. 
something that the Lord is trying to birth in our hearts. Pray. Deliberate. It's time to go out and to share and to spread what we have here. These testimonies were great. Um, I want to share a little bit more uh, just about Wombo briefly. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize, but uh, we got to Wombo. We got to the city square. We met a man of peace. Uh, We had a, a meeting with the mayor, and we had a meeting set with people going out telling everyone in the town within about 45 minutes that we got there. This takes years in some instances. Literally years for these events to occur. And the Lord orchestrated them to happen like that. Literally 45 minutes. And I I also don't know if you realize, but after the meeting that night, uh, we went to bed and we woke up in the morning and the whole village was literally in in an uproar. (laughs) The whole village literally had heard about the power of the gospel, had heard about the power of Jesus Christ, had seen people among them, family members and friends, had seen them literally healed, woken up, visited them, had gotten visits from people that were at the meeting, and seen lives changed, seen physical bodies healed, and the town was in an uproar. It was amazing. It was, it was like a revival was sparked in one night in a town. And now the work gets to continue with David and Rachel, the missionaries there in Peru. The work gets to continue with our man of peace, Oscar, there. I mean, this is an amazing beginning to something because the Lord spoke to us and said He wanted to touch one village. One village. And this village is going to start reaching out and touching Coca Canyon and touching the nation of Peru because of one revival meeting and one move of God that happened one night. The day after, um, we left, um, got to meet with uh, a few different people in the square, saw some amazing things happen. Uh, And then we got the opportunity uh, to go into a school. And uh, we walked up to the school. This is what happened. We walked up. We knocked on the door. We said, hi, we're missionaries. Uh, We want to come and to to speak with the children. Do you have anything available? And they told us, yes, as a matter of fact, our Bible teacher has been gone for two days. We haven't had Bible classes yesterday, and we weren't going to have them today. So there is definitely a spot for you. Please come in. Opens the door. We go into the school. They hand us scriptures. They hand us scriptures, just like Judah was talking about earlier. An amazing, perfect salvation message. Scripture to scripture to scripture, parable to parable to parable. The Lord God orchestrates it and takes them through. We're literally handed parables and then told, go up there and talk to the children and teach this parable. So we go up there, inspired by the Lord. And teach the word of God to these children. And just like Judah said, at the very end, the bell rang. It's time for recess. Their most anticipated part of the day. Their favorite part of the day. At least for me when I was in elementary and middle school. And none of them budged. None of them moved as much as a finger. Their eyes, their gaze would not leave us. 
teary-eyed, they just stared back into our eyes, saying, we want more of this. We cannot leave the presence of God. It was so thick in that room, much like it was here during worship today, that same feeling in that room, staring back into the eyes of those children, hungry for the presence of God, hungry for the messages that, were, that we had uh, brought forth to them. It was an amazing time. And, and at that moment, uh, John 17, no, 15, 7, um, began to unravel. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. They chose to give up what was most valuable to them in that moment, to remain in the presence of the Lord God and to remain in the words of God for that moment. And I'll tell you what, the Lord blessed it. We began to pray with these children. <laughs> and they be, their physical bodies began to get healed. Shoulder injuries healed. Sight healed. Blind child healed. Um, released from depression. Uh, released from all sorts of bondages. All sorts of weights that they had. Uh, there's a lot of uh, abuse that goes on in families in Peru, especially in the canyon. Released of these things, released of the burdens that should not be placed on their shoulders in the first place. The Lord freed them from it. We began to pray with them. Children filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. At one point, the, we were teaching at a school, and there was an entire school, or an entire classroom of children that were slain in the Spirit. An entire classroom of kids. Um, they came up speaking in other tongues. Amazing. So, we stay in the presence of God. When things get distracting, uh, when life gets busy, we stay in the presence of God and we stay in the Word of God because we love Him. For no other reason than because we love Him. Not to gain, not necessarily for a word at all, just to be in His presence, because we value Him more than anything else. So, last thing. Going into the trip and seeing what we saw and coming out, coming out of it, um, I would say the thing that impacted uh, us as a team the most, and you heard it as a vein throughout everything that these guys said, um, it was this, that the Lord can do anything through you if you have a pure heart and you have a willing spirit. Psalm 51.10 Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Amen. A willing spirit and a pure heart were the two things that sustained us throughout this entire journey, throughout this entire trip. A confidence in the Lord God that He was going to work in whatever capacity, whether up to our expectations or our presuppositions of the trip or not, that the Lord God was going to work through His people exactly how He wanted to. If we were pure in our intentions... And we were willing to do anything, including what, any, what anybody else didn't want to do. 
Uh, last thing, First Chronicles 28, verse 9. This is quickly becoming a favorite. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve Him with wholehearted devotion and a willing mind. By the way, that word acknowledge right there, know the Lord God intimately, yada. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will reject you forever. In worship, singing just wide-eyed and mystified, staring at the beauty of my King, that moves me. Just to stare at the beauty of the King. Uh, In worship, a word came forth about the glory of God. This is why we live. This is why we do the things that we do. A pure heart with intentions that say, Lord God, whatever it takes for your glory, Lord, whatever it takes for your word to come forth, whatever it takes for your spirit to break forth in this place, I'm willing and I'm able to do it. And I have confidence in you. Amen. Amen. Are you proud of them? The goal is not to go on a mission trip. It's not to check a box on a list. It's not to get a Boy Scout Christian merit badge. It's to learn a way of life. And my favorite part is I believe these men can replicate this anywhere they go. Because they walked in with one plan to be full of the Holy Ghost. And they found out that's all you need. I want to tell you a secret. That's not just true in Peru. That's true in the way that you run your business. That's true in the way that you run your household. That's true in the way that you live. You need one plan. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Too long we've been ruled by intellect. Too long religion has formed a structure for us that we simply followed. You must be led by God's Holy Spirit. There was one part that the brothers didn't emphasize, and they may not have quite known. Faith has no plan B. If we had gone to Yanka, we would have passed through six towns on the way. Surely something would have happened in those six towns. If we had gone to Foray, we would have passed through four familiar towns that we had already seen revival in and knew people. That would be a very safe bet. I was tempted to hedge my bet. If we went to Wambo, we had never been there. The only missionary on the ground that we knew had, was familiar with it for more than 50 years, said, do not go. That is a terrible plan. And it took three days to get there, meaning that if we got to Wambo and nothing happened, we would waste three days there. It would take three days to get back. And when we got back here, we would be ashamed. Faith risks all you have or it's not faith. Do you hear me? It risks everything you have or it's not faith. That you would have a reckless abandonment for the cares and concerns of this world. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. A 10-year-old little boy that looks like he's six, 
named Miguel who reads the Bible for the first time, he's worth your attention. My favorite testimony is when we got there, being rather corpulent and somewhat ruled by my stomach, I got off of the bus in the square and found a little supermercado. That is, it's, uh, it's about as wide as these guys sitting here. And my Spanish is terrible, but I know how to say, cafe, por favor. She said, mm. I said, no, no, no. Mas cafe. Fuerte. Cafe. Cafe. She went and negotiated with the other store owners, and she found some instant coffee. Something was wrong with her. She seemed angry. In Peru, it's very unusual to see people with unusual haircuts. Everybody's cut out of the same cookie-cutter mold because they don't go to stylist. She had a little purple streak in her hair. That's a sign of serious rebellion in Peru. It's a, it's, I, I'm unhappy. She was unhappy. She didn't smile when she talked to us. No matter how much we joked with her, no matter, she didn't talk to us. After the meeting on Friday night, which she boycotted, the first person we met in Peru was the least receptive. The next morning, while we were waiting to catch a bus, she came and she said, was it Ray interpreting or Nick? It was Ray. said, I didn't believe y'all when you came here. And I didn't believe that Jesus healed. But now I do. My mother is unable to move. Will you go pray for her? Waiting on the bus. If it pulls in and we miss it, it's three days. I was not interested in walking out of the canyon this time. It would require a jog. I was not interested in jogging. She had her opportunity. She could have come the night before. She didn't because she didn't believe. Isn't that her fault? How many things have we missed and they were our fault? And God gave us a second opportunity because he loves us. So Ray's in excellent shape. He nearly carried me on his back as we ran to the woman's house. And we prayed for her family. We didn't even have time to see if there was a response. Then we ran back and jumped on a bus. But the testimony of I didn't believe, and now I do, and a second chance. Guys, you haven't had two chances or five chances. You've had 5,000 chances. If you didn't believe before, I pray God open your eyes now. Could you stand to your feet?